This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher. And today, we have yet another in a long line of incredibly dangerous guests, men who could who could break other men over their leg should they desire it. We are sitting down with a uh, M- professional MMA fighter, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, uh, combat Jiu-Jitsu lightweight world champion, and soon-to-be uh, opponent of the uh, immaculate Craig Jones, a repeating opponent, as it would turn out, uh, Wagner Rocha. Wagner, thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. Thank you for having me. I got to say, your beard looks fucking great. Yeah, that beard's looks like epic, shit. man. That thing if is want, epic. If you want, I'll shave out of respect for you like i'll go shave right now uh, it, it gets it gets it gets big man it was real big like during this quarantine i had it like kind of like out here and then i was like man this is too wild yeah so I, I i had it you know brought it back a little bit and now it's starting to look good again not everyone can grow an epic beard it's just not in everyone's dna and i will tell you what from someone that has been known to grow an epic beard myself you know, kudos to you, my friend. That is a very Thanks, epic man. beard, man. I'll be honest with you, the first time I grew it, I was like, whoa, this thing is nice. I feel like absolute shit. I thought right it was now. ugly as hell. I was like, man, that shit looks like crap. People, why do people grow that on their face? Nope. You know, but now I'm like, nope. man, I couldn't see myself without it. Yeah, it's 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 a thing, right? I remember you, I, I remember you pre beard, and I remember when you, you kind of had. The scruff and this is this look has lasted and I'm glad I'm glad it lasted, man. I'm 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 happy to see the yeah, beard. This is probably this is a probably forever look now. Oh hell yeah. So how are you feeling, man? You've been training your ass off or what? I I'm uh I'm feeling great, man, hundred percent. Um, you know, no injuries, no dings. Uh this time off during the quarantine, you know, I took I didn't take a lot of time off to be truthful. I, I never really stopped training. But I didn't train like I normally train, right? So I feel like it gave my body a, a mild break, and I did work out a lot in the process. So I figured, like, maybe, you know, the first couple weeks when this got real serious and everybody stopped doing stuff, I was still training. And then about the third or fourth week, I got a little paranoid myself. I was like, man, I'm going to get sick if I keep training with random people. <laughs> so I'm going to stop training. And then a week of that went by, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think I think that exact story is pretty much the general consensus of like ninety eight percent of the jujitsu community. <laughs> yeah. I was right in the same boat with you when it first went down. I was like, "Oh fuck, man, we got to stay away from anybody." Then I was like, uh, "Maybe I'll roll with a few people that I know, do some private lessons." Now it's like, "I don't give a shit. We can go roll in the park. I don't care anymore. We'll just see what's yeah, happens. exactly." So so uh, I I uh, stayed uh, relatively in good shape and. Uh, you know, the things that were, were bothering me because of uh, overtraining, always over. I feel like I'm like my life is an overtraining cycle. Um, 
kind of went away, and uh, I feel really good. I'll, you know, probably the best I've felt in a long time. Do you do you feel like? Cause I mean, you're you're getting older. I mean, I love you, but you are. What are you? Thirty six now. <laughs> I know you. I know you don't want next week. Thirty eight. Wow, man. So like myself, I'm forty three. So myself, I started to find in those late thirties. It's very important to find time for yourself to get rest. It's almost equally as important to train hard as it is to find time to recover. Have you found that in your in your later stages of competing that you got to kind of give yourself a little chance to to to, to let the, the the muscles in the body kind of recuperate? So I've been training since I was 19 years old and in my early 20s it was all about getting as many as as many days as you could a week, right? To get better, to get faster, to get. And I think I might have done it wrong because I didn't know any better. I feel like I get more progress done now with the progress with the training sessions I do, because I I, I tend to include a lot more resting in the middle, you know. So I get like some really two or three solid hard days in, and then I rest one, you know. So it's it to me. I feel like I get more level jumps. Basically, when I say level jumps, I measure. I know how to measure. I, well, it's one thing that I do well too, as I've been measuring my own progress over the years, especially with things I need to learn or things I'm not familiar with or things I want to get better at. Like I measure it in a course of two or three months, you know. And I, and you know when you do that, you always you gain one and you lose another, but. If you're smart, you'll find your way back to what you used to be good at and, and focus in on it again. But I feel like it's 100% part of my 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 life nowadays. Since like 33, 34, I started, you know, to do two or three days strong and a rest day in the middle. Like 100% nothing, you know. So, yeah, and it's it's, you know, two or three days like that. Two Mostly two days a week of that really helps, you know. Yeah, man, I, I, this, it's, this, it's funny you talked about how you know everyone's lives have changed over the coronavirus because it has. I mean, we, we, we're just we're strapped to our houses, you know, like it or, or not, we're just not able to do all the things we want right. to do. And one of the things that I've noticed that's actually been a pretty good positive for me is just that. Like, I, you know, I work at a bar. Like, I got a bartender. I work fucking you know late nights in a bar, and, and you know it drains the life out of me. And like, I figure out ways to find time to training. And it's a lot of those times when I'm training, like I'm just showing up to the gym because I got to be there. But I'm going on low rest. I haven't really got a good night's sleep. But there it is. I got to go train. But one of the things I've found is that not only is my body working better because it is you know what i mean like i'm not getting as dinged up as much i feel fresher and i have more energy when i train but i feel like my my mental capabilities are stronger in a sport where you know your mental capacities are so important like i feel like that extra stress that extra rest and that extra time to kind of sit back and just not think about fucking training or not having to think about going to the gym all the time it, it helps you grow you know Well, I it's it's tremendous the the important rest. Yeah, I feel like get it's it's weird, and I might be a little off in saying this, but I feel I, I think that for a lot of people, getting a break from 
frustration and failure that they might have been having on the mats just because everyone you know i feel like everyone gets in those ruts where they're just not connecting things the flow isn't happening the same and i think that this break will also give those people that maybe chose to step away from jujitsu a little bit more perspective and say oh man like now i really admit, now that it's not even on the table i miss it and i want to go back you know so this is good it could be good for the long run in that regard uh, i don't know so I, you, you train at fight sports down there, and, and I see a lot of the guys you have down there and train with. I mean, your room is amazing. Like any any given day, you've got you know the the best world class jujitsu practitioners and black belts at at your disposal. How much of that do you feel like has helped you to get to the position to become the grappler that you are today? Uh, of course, yeah. You you know, jujitsu is an individual sport. But at the end of the day, it's a uh, team sport. If you if you're playing, you know, basketball, pick up ball with, you know, with scrubs, you're going to be a scrub. You're not going to be in the NBA, right? Right. So it's uh, it's just one of those. You can't you can't be at that next level if you don't have people pushing you to those levels. So I have you know so many guys that I'm grateful for to be able to you know, challenge me day in and day out and, uh, on the, on the mats, you know, and, you know, it's a blessing, you know, it's, there's very little places in the world that have the amount of talent that we have in, in, uh, inside our teams. You know, um, I always speak with, with random people, you know, in the course of, you know, this traveling jujitsu and doing things, you know, where people are like, man, you know, if we get one or two black belts in a room, it's, it's like a, you know, and you, you know, Kev, you've been training a long time, you know, five, six years ago, getting, you know, a couple of black belts in a room was a big deal. Right. You know, you show up at fight sports and it's like 40 black belts in a right. room. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's, it's one of the things that I always tell Matt about that I'm always like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's such an impressive thing to, to, to when I started, you know, there was, if you saw a black belt, it was like, you know, Jesus walking into the, into the room, you know, we go on some of our pro training days, we've got. 10, 10 black belts on the mat and it's you know it's always cool to see how a gym grows from you know nothing to 10 black belts it's 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 amazing it's fun to watch and there's nothing you can do i mean there, there's guys that can get better that are kind of outliers that, that can get better without having that advanced competition they just kind of like figure it out figure out a way to do it but like there's nothing that substitutes training at that high level day in and day out when you're in a room where there's no rest mat, there's no rest rounds like you can't say oh i'm gonna roll with this blue belt now i'm gonna roll with this purple ball now to kind of take a little break and, and work on some technique well every match you got cyborg you got fucking you know whoever hell else is in that room to try to kill you every day yeah it's, it's uh it's pretty ridiculous you know yeah. um I've, i i i was actually just wondering uh for my own curiosity and any of our viewers that might not be aware how many years were you training before you got your black belt um, I started in 19 and I got my black belt and 2007 and 2007, I was, uh, 24, 25. So, wow, yeah. man, that's, that's a long time as a black belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Wagner's the real deal, man. Like I, I remember, I remember Wagner back in the, in the old school days watching you compete in, in small little like uh like mmac matches and anywhere things like that. anywhere there was money i was there yeah some <laughs> of your some of your more notable matches with aj agazon before before the kick we'll call it 
against that. I got, I'm not going to lie to you. For somehow or another, I think literally the last four podcasts we've done, that mm-hmm. always seems to come up. That always seems to come up, that the the the, the, the AJ Agazam kick off at the stage. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It figure out, figures out a way to get to the conversation. It's uh, it's definitely – people can say whatever they want. I think it's the, the biggest thing to ever – be done in jiu-jitsu <laughs> i'm not too far off from that brother i really i really believe that i mean it definitely made fight to win i mean there, you could definitely argue that like no one really knew what the hell fight to win was what was it i think it was fight to win two or three or something like that it was like you know it was early years. on yeah yeah four or five years ago and like fight to win was you know that was back when professional jiu-jitsu was you know you had metamorphosis here and there but like the idea of a real weekly installment of a professional traveling jiu-jitsu show was really, really not there yet. They wanted a show. They got it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about, like, because obviously, like, we we make no bones about it. Like, you are a fierce competitor, and and you have tendencies to do things that some people may say are beyond the realm of sportsmanship, just to come out there and say it. Because, you know, I don't believe so, because believe me, I know all about winning that edge, but – Tell me a little bit about some of the rationales you have behind playing that game. Um, I believe that it, it just it's different to some. You know, when you do things that are, they're not used to being done to them, they it throws their psyche off. You know, and the easiest way to break somebody is mentally to do it. You know, to get in their mind and and warp them um, in in a match. You know, you know it could be something from as easy as a, a shrug or a push or a, a shove in a, in a in a position that they're not ready. You know. I tend to do those things. I practice things like that in uh, in uh, in training for for those purposes. This year, I did never have, never for a second that I plan on ever doing. You know, this came out of left field even for me. After I did it, it I remember thinking like, did I just do something really stupid? <laughs> but, well, for to have your back, like I like I said, I've known AJ for a long time, and I've been you for a long time. Like AJ is a little prick sometimes. And and AJ 100% turned away from you in the middle of the match and walked away like it was nothing, like the timer was running. He was being disrespectful first and foremost because that's what he does. So he's trying to play that mind game with you by getting inside of your head and work, walking away from you. Now, I don't know if I would have kicked him off the stage, but that's just me. But in the time, at the moment, I understand. Like, you're winning that mind game. You're not allowing him to use that tactical advantage of disrespecting you to his advantage, and you make him pay for it. Screw him. That's what he gets. Yeah, he uh, – me and him have history. I mean I, – <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, you know, we I, – at the end of the day, I don't dislike him. You know, I don't hate him or anything like that. I just feel like that was just a different era in my life, different time. And, uh, you know, he caught the old, old rough around the edges, Wagner. And, you know, I was like, bro, I'm not playing any games with you, man. I'm tired of your, you know, this, this persona you're trying to show people and act, you know, this act that you are. Because he's not that and, kid. Uh, he's really not. He's an act. Yeah, it's an act, you know. And uh, so he was trying to use me to be his stomping stone. And first off, in jiu-jitsu, there's no way he could do that. You know, I know that. He knows that. Everybody knows that. You look at our our history of competition proved it's been proven many, many times, you know? So I think the number is ridiculously upside down. It's like eight and one or something for me. You know, he beat me once when we were blue belts. So, I mean, I don't even count that. That's like, you know, 
It was like my one of my first competitions ever. So, and then you know after that you know at a brown black, I went on to, you know, demolishing his life. You know, <laughs> even making him switch weight classes. But you know at the end of the day, when when that happened, I was trying to get trying to get my name on the map. You know, I was trying right. to prove a point. You know, like by you know just dogging him that day. And, um, and his, you know, his actions prior to the tournament had upset me, you know, and, um, when he turned his back, I honestly, I wasn't, there was no, there was no thought behind what I did. Honestly, it was just like, F this guy, you know, and, and it was, it happened, you know, I apologized to him, even though I know he didn't accept my apology, he even right. turned his face when I apologized after, not that day, you know, I apologized actually this year at ADCC, I turned him and said, Hey man, I, I want to apologize to you. You know, I know what I did was wrong. I know what I did was wrong, but you know, again, you know, so most people told me would would say to me, "Don't even waste your time." You know, like he deserved it, but it's it's not a matter if he deserves it or not. I I should have done that. It was wrong, but yeah, you know, it it happens and uh, it's in the past, and it's one of those moments that's going to go down in history forever. No, I don't think it'll ever be repeated. I tell you, like, <laughs> I I one hundred percent agree with you that like it really was one of those seminal moments in the history of competition jujitsu that kind of put it on the map. It kind of made it, you know, made it maybe not the mainstream thing that we talk about, but it definitely yeah, I don't made be known as the guy who kicked the other guy off the stage. But, no, yeah. but it definitely made. I rather it... be I rather be the guy than the other guy, right? right exactly. <laughs> exactly. You rather be the guy that did the kicking, right? Everybody wants yeah. to be the guy that did the kicking. Can I? I, I can yeah. I just ask? Uh, no emotion. Obviously, because you've moved on from this instance, but you know how impressed are you with AJ's legendary uh, Bellator career so far? I think he's got a lot to go. He's uh, I watched him fight. Um, his striking is not good. You know his wrestling has honestly has never impressed me. You know his wrestling is works for good for grappling because he tries to score off of it. You know, and he does just enough to score, you know, and he puts himself in very bad positions with like submissions. Um, so, you know, his jujitsu in itself, it, to me, it's, it's enough to get him by a couple good fights, but he, he'll eventually face somebody who's going to shut him down tremendously and going to punish him. You know, he's going to get hurt because his style is, 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 is dangerous for MMA to get hurt. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you're shooting the way he shoots wildly. It's, he's got no striking, you know, it's he's he's uh he's putting himself in 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 risk to really get hurt and you know and he he, ta he talks cash you know and he, he those that cash he can't back that up you know what i mean like he doesn't have the skills to back that up i fought him in may i got almost 20 fights like i, I watch him fight and i go oh this is gonna be bad one day yeah he's gonna well, like right now he's probably getting scrubs you know but soon enough he's gonna get a guy who who's really in there isn't that's a killer you know like if you fought for example, if I fought him, uh, I would hurt him, like physically hurt him because his style would run into, you know, into my style and that would be dangerous. You know, like he's, like I said, he, he's, you know, at best a C level, maybe even a higher B minus level fighter, you know? Yeah, he, and in he Bellator, to, uh, there's no B level. Yeah, the, B, B level. the B in there, yeah, the Bs in Bellator is their yeah. feeders, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to get fed a couple of them, but Eventually, they're going to get tired of paying him what he's getting yeah. paid, and they're going to feed him to somebody who's going to kill him. They're using him as a name to build their 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 brand. Well, up. But you got to believe that they, in in this in this sport of MMA, there's they, there's several ways of branding, right? There's levels of branding, right? You 
you brand one guy and then you use that guy to brand another guy. You know what I mean? And eventually he's going to be that guy that's going to be used to brand another guy. He's going to be somebody's stepping stone and he's going to get hurt. Well, I mean, what if you, I assume one day you're just going to get a ta- morning text from uh, Scott Croker saying, hey, Wagner, uh, <laughs> we're, we're looking to I test don't know, it. man. I, I think I think I think uh, my time has passed. I don't think people are really looking. To be honest with you, I, I'm not, I train with Gilbert Burns, with Marlon Marais. These guys are consistently in my gym. I have a bunch of really top-level amateur fighters, even professionals. Cameron, I got this guy uh, that comes to my gym. I, I mean, I got I got so many good guys that are coming to my gym. MMA guys that train with me, like for groundwork, you know. So I'm not Gilbert really Burns is on fire right now. He just yeah, I'm out. not really looking. Yeah, we're fight. We fight this weekend. Gilbert's one of my main training partners. Like. So long story short, I'm not really looking to fight because I'm getting paid so well to do jiu-jitsu. But I'm like, bro, I got no reason to go step in the cage unless I the fight, right. unless the payday is right, you know? Right. But, you know, if I get a call like that, yeah, of course I'm probably going to take it. Well, you know, But the call's got to be right. Uh, pivoting off that, I guess, a little bit, some like a, a step in between that you've famously na- made a name for yourself in, uh, combat jiu-jitsu, not uh, – a a little bit of jujitsu, a little uh, some with some striking thrown in. You're uh, you're the biggest name in that field. So, uh, what was it like I, getting I involved? I think so, right? Like, there's not really been. They've had shows after me, but nobody's done it like me. I mean, you're. I'm going to tell you just anecdotally, you're the only name I think of besides Eddie Bravo himself. So, I mean, like that 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 means a lot. What was it like getting involved with that rule set? You know, because it's 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 definitely raised a lot of questions for a lot of different jujitsu athletes. It's a hybrid, you know. It's a, a jujitsu could be a, and this is comes from you know each each instructor personally. I believe everybody has a part in this. Jujitsu could be kind of lazy sometimes, right? How often do you you know you're rolling with somebody, you pull into into half guard, and you kind of sit there and wait to see what the other guy's going to do, and you're playing the game, right? The game. But in reality, when it's a fight, it's not a game anymore, right? So if you pull in a half guard and you're playing lazy, you're going to get hit. You know what I mean? If you get hit, you might make a mistake and turn and run, you know? Like, that might cost you your back, and then that could cost you getting finished, you know? Like, I feel like jiu-jitsu doesn't have the urgency anymore of, like, being aggressive and being forward with your with your body and using it as, you know, as, a, as what it's supposed to be, a weapon, you know? And that's what, you know, Kevin was hinting at earlier about me doing some things that cross lines that people get offended by. It's not that I do them because I want to be a dick. It's that I do them because I know they're effective and because I fought MMA and I use jujitsu in the MMA sense and I know how to use my jujitsu the right way. You know, and that when I go into jujitsu competitions and I'm able to apply that in the game, it just makes people really, really uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. So and, and, and it, it it kind of breaks them down mentally. Like now they're not thinking about your jujitsu, they're thinking about Wagner's being a dick, Wagner did this, Wagner did that. And <laughs> in, in reality, like, you know, it's no different than than shoulder pressure. It's no different from from you know bugging the chin or doing any of the other things that we use for pain compliance in order to elicit a response. And I think a lot of times this is just my, me personally. I don't I don't think one way or another this way I, and then again i i love the art of sport jiu-jitsu i love watching 
the way submission only matches go. There's a part of me that enjoys that. I like the technique and the flowing nature of all the things. But I think, you know, it's very fair to say that the reality is, is that a lot of submission only matches have gone away from the ideals of what traditional jiu-jitsu is all about the idea of using pressure, the idea of using some kind of pain compliance in order to elicit a response. You, know, you see all these flowing matches, and everyone talks about how beautiful they are. But, you know, I don't know, maybe a good old shoulder pressure, maybe a good old freaking bugging under the chin or smack cross face elicits the response you want. on your face. What do you think about that? What do you think about people that use a debate to say that sport jujitsu is softening the, the art of what, you know, uh, MMA or the true martial art of self-defense jiu-jitsu was all about. Well, it's it's already in the pudding. Look at look at MMA. How many right. how many UFC stars are jiu-jitsu related? Right. Yeah. You know, MMA was all jiu-jitsu related superstars. Right. At one point, right when jiu-jitsu was at, in the early '90s, MMA and jiu-jitsu were hand in hand. Right. We're like, oh, you. You're MMA, you do jiu-jitsu. You know, jiu-jitsu. If you did jiu-jitsu, you were superior to the MMA guy. Now it's the MMA guy is superior to the jiu-jitsu guy. How does that, how does that even make sense? Yeah. You know, and, and even guys that are, you know, MMA fighters that, that, that might not be known on the jiu-jitsu scene, like you see like the bare elements of what, you know, the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu premises are, positional jiu-jitsu, moving into another element of, of control and, and, and using that. To, 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 to influence strikes and things like that. Like, so guys are using very good jujitsu, but they don't get the credit for their jujitsu because they're not doing, you know, some crazy leg lock spinning attack, or they're not working into a rolling back take or, or, or some of the more creative things that you see in competition jujitsu these days. Yeah. It, I believe that they're not using jujitsu properly because they're not able to apply the pressure necessary to, to finish people, you know? If you watch um, something like, I'll give you an example, the guys that are good at jiu-jitsu that take it into the fight, they get a takedown, they get on top of their opponent, and they have no no urgency on how to control that person on bottom without holding them by their legs and keeping their head down, right? They're just right. putting their head down and trying to hold the person down and keep them down so that they don't lose the position, as opposed to posturing up and dropping you know, strikes and controlling them in a different sense so that they're not in any danger of losing the position. They're scared because they know if they posture up, they're going to lose the control over the person that's on bottom. They're going to lose the, the position that they're in. They're going to end up in a, in, uh, in a scramble where they can lose uh, their opponent and they can end up back on their feet and they don't want to be on their feet. So you watch a lot of guys take others down and just put their head down and bury themselves into the sand trying to pass the guard. And then they use all this energy and they have nothing to show for it. And then they go into round two and they can't get a takedown. Then they get their ass whooped on their feet, you know? So you see a lot of that happening and it shows in, you know, in, in the, in the sense that these guys are not using jujitsu, right? Because jujitsu has been watered down. Now, when you look at a guy like Khabib, for example, right? Who is a phenomenal wrestler who has phenomenal pressure, who's phenomenally doing well with what he, what he shows is a form of guard, a form of groundwork, right? How is he doing Sambo, that is, to me, looks the same as what the jiu-jitsu I do, um, making it look so so effortlessly, so beautiful, you know? 
and he's using ground and pound. He's using submissions. He's using pressure. He's using takedowns. People are like, oh, he's just an amazing wrestler. No, not just wrestling. There's a lot of amazing wrestlers that go in MMA and don't have any success with their wrestling. He's not just using wrestling. He is using wrestling to get it down. But once he gets people down, they never get back up. Right. Right? How many times do you see Khabib have to go for four takedowns in a round? No. no he gets he one gets, takedown. Once you're on That's the ground, it. you ain't get back up again. Yeah, he's like he makes you feel like you're in quicksand and you're going to sink every time. And you're underneath him and he's dropping punches and he's, bro, he's talking to guys. Like, he's like, hey, man, you're not getting up, bro. <laughs> you should just <laughs> quit. You should quit. Yeah, <laughs> he you said Michael give Johnson. up right now. Yeah. yeah, you should just give up right now. Yeah. You know. I think I think one of the key elements of that too is is the idea of making fighters pay. Like you did all this work, you put them on the ground, and you're just now maintaining a control position and trying to advance. And one of the things that it, particularly I notice about your jujitsu when I watch you fight, and I notice about guys like Khabib that that function well as grapplers is that they are putting rounds in the bank, and maybe they're not getting the finish, but they are eliciting damage on an opponent while they're on the ground, whether it be through strikes, whether it be through elbows, whether it be through pressure, but they are getting involved with striking. And you just don't see a lot of these, these high level grapplers that, that, that get out there that, that, that use that concept anymore. There's a lot of high level grapplers that have no idea how to use that. Yeah. And that's what you see in grappling. And that's why they can't translate it over to, into, into professional fighting. And they have no idea how to use it. They have no idea how, how it's supposed to be used. It's actually scary because you could think if you get, you know, if you get a guy that's a jiu-jitsu black belt, like a even a a B or C level competitor, and he fights an athletic jock, like a guy who is like no scrub and ain't is down to fight, bro, he might get his ass whooped. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he might not have no answer for that. Were you gonna pull guard in a street fight? Yeah, I I say that a lot. I remember I posted something famously a couple uh, couple years ago. I remember when the big thing was like jujitsu guys were talking about how like strength training and CrossFit dudes like, well, what's your bench press going to be like in in a street fight when I got you on your back and all this other shit like that. And like I work in fucking bars, but like I've had to throw fucking yoked out CrossFitters out all the fucking time, and I do not look forward to that. Like a strong athletic guy is no one to fuck with because I don't give a shit how much skill I know. If that dude is strong enough and you've got that 30-second, 45-second energy burst where he's full of adrenaline, like, I don't want to fuck around with that shit. And I think a lot – pops you in your mouth, bro. It's going to be right. a hard night right quick. Right quick. And I, I don't I don't like to say this because I still believe that any jiu-jitsu is still the best form of self-defense out there in the world because you're training at a high level and you're understanding the ideas of grappling and the intensity of what a life scenario is going to be like. But – like, I also feel like a lot of guys that I know that train jiu-jitsu that think that they have this superpower are a little bit a little bit mistaken in that regard. Yeah, you know, you train with guys. There's, I'm sure with in your mind you got one that you can pick out right now in your brain that you go, that guy will probably get his ass whooped in a real fight. Right, you exactly. I mean? He never tell him that. Well, and, that and he guy thinks, doesn't know any jiu-jitsu. Right. And he thinks, and it's, it's, it's scary to me because they think – that they're fucking, you know, they think that they're just, ah, fuck this shit. I don't care. You know why I think about it? Because I think about myself. Before I ever learned jujitsu, I was a straight gangster. And I would fucking do anything, <laughs> any way to get to win a fight. If right. we were, if we got in a fight, bro, if, if I couldn't get it done with my hands, I'd be grabbing something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I got to bite you, I'm going to do what I got to do. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, 
So I keep thinking a guy like that in the fight is a dangerous guy. You know what I mean? Like, you got no you're not limit, prepared to deal with that. You don't know how to maintain a control position. You don't know how to put someone on the ground and make sure they can't get back up again or smack them around a little, be able to posture up to use some force to, to punch him back to elicit a response out of him or to, or to shut him up. Yeah, bro. Like, you grab somebody's arm, you think you're going to arm bar them, and they they just pick you up and slam you on your head. Yeah, you're going right. to be – you know what I mean? Like, shit's Pull, gonna go pulling south, guard, right? pulling guard into like an armbar from closed guard is one of the funniest self defense like little <laughs> things that I've seen. Just because a lot of people shop that around, like, oh, this is the jujitsu move that'll get you out of a gym. There's guys that can just lift your entire body up like it's nothing. Like, oh, I've I've met some human beings that are so strong that you're like, oh my god, that guy's just strong. You don't even look. You look at some of them, you're like, you don't even look like a guy that would be that strong, you know? No. Look, a you guy never, who probably lift the car off the ground, you know what I mean? You, like, you, ne you never know, and that's the scariest part. And the one thing I will say about being involved in jiu-jitsu is you learn that. You learn to never take anybody for granted. If you do, you're just, you need to go back to training and think about some things a little bit stronger. Because I've seen dudes just like, like you said, guys that you look at and go like, Man, that guy looks like nothing. That are just like, holy shit! When you get a hold of him, they have just superhuman strength. You're kind of like that. Like you don't necessarily <laughs> look no, but you don't necessarily. You know, I love you, baby. You know, but you don't necessarily <laughs> look. You don't necessarily look like this big, <laughs> strong, imposing person. But dude, you get a hold of someone and they're not doing anything. They're, you got this like superhuman strength that comes from like your your, your soul. Yeah, that's, that's where I go digging. That's it. <laughs> so let's I go I, digging. I yeah, go digging I, inside my inner mind going, uh, don't uh, let that happen. Inner Wagner is going to hulk out. Now, uh, we obviously, you, you've got a pretty big event coming up. And uh, before we go into that, though, I would, I, was, I would love to turn back the clocks to EBI 11. Uh, and I believe that is where you first encountered Mr. Craig Jones. Uh, am I correct? Yes, sir. All right, well, why don't you talk, walk me through that uh, first match, like what you remember, what your mind, where your mind was at, you know, how it went. Uh. Um, I had two matches before I got to Craig. Craig had two matches as well before he got to me. Uh, he submitted two guys, uh, one being Nathan Orchard and another one, I forgot the guy's name. He's really actually really good from Ireland. Um, bald guy, I think he was in... Uh, He's been in, he's doing a lot of competitions over the years. But man, I forgot his name. I feel bad now. Um, <laughs> but he submitted both guys pretty quickly, and um, and for me that was EBI eleven was my first um, professional grappling tournament I'd done since my last MMA fight, and it was literally a week after my MMA fight. I had an MMA fight one week before. I fought a five round uh, title fight against an ex UFC guy. And uh, and then I went to that EBI and I fought uh, Joe Bay's first round and then I fought Sergio Adila the second round and um, and I got two rear naked chokes on both those guys uh, on Joe Bay's I went into overtime and got it on the first thirty seconds of overtime and then uh, on Sergio I got it within the regulation and then I fought Craig. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know who he was. He was he was a nice guy. He was in the back. Right before we fought, he came over, started talking to me. And uh, we uh, went out and fought. And then it was a freaking grueling match. It was like a very annoying Z-guard, you know, for, from what I remember clearly. And, you know, and as you see, he's made a career off that Z-guard. Uh, super annoying Z-guard. 
and uh, you know he was trying to entangle my legs and that even though you know to to his credit i you know i was exhausted already because of the two matches i had before because my matches were pretty drawn out and they were tough like i said the second guy was a wrestler and the first guy did the same principles as craig he played half guard trying to suck my legs into to leg locks and i avoided it and then beat him in overtime but by the time i got to him i was i was already drained and um we went if i'm not mistaken they changed the ebi rules because of this match the ebi rules used to be overtime unlimited overtime till either somebody gets out or gets submitted and then they rack up the time right. and i spent like i think 40 minutes on craig's back i think i remember that it took forever yeah. i remember that they, yeah. they took they changed the rules because of that right and uh the match was like 45 minutes total lots of rules have been trained has been changed in the ebi because of you mr fucking bagaros i've been to a few of those ebi rules meetings and eddie bravo drops your name pretty much in every one of them <laughs> does he nice yeah well it, i i know rules that get changed all the time and i hear my name in the circles you know i've been to I've been to tournaments where they've changed it in my favor, and I've been to tournaments where they change it against me. So, and usually they say it. They're like, oh, it's because of him. And I'm like, oh, thanks. You know? <laughs> Whatever. I always, I always tell the people I'm with, I guess that's a, that's a trendsetter, you know? Like, I'm changing, I'm changing things for the better or for the worse. But, yeah, it was a long match. He's, uh, you know, uh, what do I got to say about the guy? And then, you know, two or three months after that EBI, he went to uh, – ADCC and you know became famous and I told him funny and he, he'll tell you himself I told him right before he went out to fight Leandro Lowe like we were backstage and I walked by him and I go hey man how you doing and he was like because we talked a little bit before and after right the matches and uh at DBI and I said hey how you feeling today at uh at ADCC in, in, in Finland and he was like Man, I'm nervous. I got Leandro Lowe the first round. Leandro Lowe was number one seed in that division. He was on top of the world at that time. He was one. Yeah, Leandro, I remember Leandro Lowe. Leandro Lowe two months before that had beaten Gordon Ryan. Right. At the West Coast trials, even That's though right. Gordon came in short notice. In that super fight, him. that super fight thing they did. Uh, yeah, he beat him, and yeah. then so for Craig to get Leandro Lowe first round for him was intimidating, you know. And I he looked at me, he goes, "Man, I'm nervous," and I was like, "Bro, you're gonna be just fine." I was like, just play your game. Go put that guy in Z guard and just go after his legs. He, he's he's IBJJF guy. You don't know nothing about leg locks, bro. I, I come outside and I'm watching the match and I'm like, this motherfucker's gonna tap Leandro lower the heel hook, <laughs> like he had him all over it, you know. Right. And uh, he eventually got his back because of the heel hook and, and tapped him. And then he came over. I remember he walked as he's walking up the stairs and I was upstairs. He looked at me. He goes. <gasps> Thanks, man. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I even told him years later, I was like, remember what I said to you? I'm the one that motivated you. He's like, you did tell me that though. I'm like, do you I've ever, met, I've never looked out. Times. He's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. He's a nice guy. I got nothing against him. I wish him all the best. Just not do this ever, weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's talk about that this weekend. Um, Tell us a little. Do you, do you, can you tell us a little bit about how uh, you were contacted? We had Heather on uh, our, our last episode of the JJT podcast. Heather Standing, matchmaker at Submission Underground, and she sort of described a frantic situation behind the scenes where they're attempting to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Craig to sort of uh, see who's the first guy to crack him. 
They're, um, sick, they're sick of him winning everything was basically her words is what she said. To find somebody to beat this asshole, I think, is what she actually said. <laughs> is that is that how they contacted I, you I, or were they? <laughs> no, they, they contacted me before uh, Craig fought Gilbert. I think Craig is the one that told them that he wanted to fight me. Right. And um, they, he, uh, if you watch the, the Gilbert match uh, in the, the pre-interviews, it was Chell talking about how he wanted um, me to face Craig. And they called me and I was like, hey, you know, I, will, I would like to take the match. But to be truthful with you, I, I literally that same exact day, I had a training session and um, I hurt something on me. And I was like, man, I literally had a session today and I feel like I'm injured, but I only know in two days, you know, when you, you know, when you got that feeling, you're like, man, I think I fucked something up, right. but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure yet. Right. I was like, in two days, I'll be able to tell you if I'm good or not. And he's like, okay. I was like, but count me in, put me, right. put me as your guy for now, but don't, right. Right. Don't look for anybody else yet, but I'll let you know for sure in two days. Yeah. Give me a couple days, two days. That's all I want. And, um, like a day passed and then Gilbert came to the gym to train the, like the day after. And I was like, bro, I got offered to fight Craig. I wanted to fight him. You know, he's on top of the world. He's killing all these events. He's, you know, his names, big names. You know, he's like not a normal guy no more. He's not a guy that I fought in EBI 11. You know what I mean? He was a nobody. Then, you know, I was like, I want to fight him now. Cause you know, it was a good match. And I think styles make fight. You know, I think his style against my style is, you know, he's one of the best leg lockers in the world. And, I personally don't mind that. I go right into that fire, you know? So I call Sonan back. I say, hey, man, it's not going to happen. I'm hurt, you know? Um, but I mentioned to Gilbert that this happened, and he told me that he would take the match, like, tomorrow. No problem. And you know, Gilbert's that kind of guy who fights anybody anywhere, you know? So Sonan's like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to put Vinny in, the, in his place. I think I'm going to put Vinny in that, in the match and not, you know, maybe not Gilbert. So I said, okay, cool. I, I told Gilbert what, what Sonnen said to me and Gilbert got all butthurt. He's like, oh man, I can't believe that. I'm going to call him. So he starts bugging, he starts bugging Chell. He's like sending Chell text messages and bugging him. And Chell's like, all right, you want it that bad? I'll put you in. And, uh, and Gilbert went out to fight, um, uh, went out to fight Craig and, and on Chell's event. And uh, on the trip to uh, Portland, he got sick. He got a flu. Oh, no. Yeah. So he goes to the event. You know, he's not going to pull out. You know, he, got, right. he got the flu. He's like, I'm, gonna, I'm here. I'm going to fight. So he goes into the fight, and he made a silly mistake. He jumped into his guard, got his leg trapped, and, you know, and that was all she wrote. But he was like, man, I, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't in my mind. And, uh, you know, no excuses. He didn't say that to anybody. He didn't put that on the internet. He didn't. He didn't take nothing away from, from Craig's win, you know, but you know, it wasn't his best performance. And, uh, and then that, 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 that thing kept in the back of my mind, like, bro, this guy wanted to fight me. Like he, he's the one that called me out. Like these guys called me asking me to fight him. You know I mean? It wasn't like they made a card and they said, we want Wagner versus you. And it was Chell's when Chell's initial text was Craig wants to fight you because you beat him once. And I said, Oh, so that's in his mind, you know? Right. So when he beat Vinny, the very next day, I sent I sent Chell a message. I said, "Hey, you wanted he wanted to fight me, right? Tell him I'm down. I'm ready, you know." And and Chell's like, "It's on." I'm like, "Okay." So within that within that same week, I already was already made aware that we were gonna we were gonna get down. 
what are what are some of the things you've done in your training leading up to Craig to get prepared for his fight for this fight? Um, you know, I I, I always study. I'm I'm very deliberate on watching people. You know, I I study just enough to know where the attacks are coming from. You know, and how I can maneuver um, inside that inside his perimeter. You know, his perimeter is super dangerous. You know, if you're within his range of his legs and his grips, he'll make you, he'll make you pay, you know? So I have, you know, I have a kind of have a strategy about what I'm going to do and uh, I'm going to go out there and try to beat him. You know, I'm going to go out there and put the heat on him and smother him and crush him and make him give up something, you know, which is my style of fighting. Yeah. And uh, I feel like I've seen him break. I've seen him quit and uh, I feel like I'll make him break and I'll make him quit again. You know? So it's, I mean- I'll, I'll say this about you. Like, I, I don't think there's too many people in the world. I don't, I mean, I don't think, I can't think of anyone else in the world that's better off of someone's back. I feel like if you get on somebody's back and you get that body triangle on somebody, like, they're in for a long fucking ride, man. Like, I don't see, I don't see anyone out there that attacks from the back as good as you do. Is that, is that some of the things you're, 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 you're planning on? I, I know you approach in the more traditional manner of guard passing, advanced position. Is that something you're thinking about? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to try to, you know, get in his face within the first five, you know, but there is going to be, there's the rules, you know, so if we get into that overtime, he knows, and I know that I'm very, very good on the back. And when I fought him years ago, I was good, but I've gotten 10 times better since then, you know, so, you know, the attacks are different. They're more versatile. They're, they're meaner. So, you know, we're, we're going to see how it plays when, when the dance starts, you know, and see how he, he approaches the game. Do you do you feel like you prepared any different because a five minute a five minute match leading into EBI overtime is as I now I'm, if I'm wrong on this, is correct me. Is it's it's one single five minute match and then you go directly into overtime, correct? Do yes, you sir. do you do you prepare I mean because a five minute match isn't that long. It's difficult when you have two high level guys like yourself to even get to a point to where you're creating some kind of an offense to lead into it into an exchange. Do you feel like you did you do anything different to prepare for that? Do you have any kind of different like strategical approach to try to try to get to that? Um no. No, I trained I trained normally. You know, of course I specifically trained with guys that are gonna give me the Craig Jones look. You know, the guys are gonna play guard in his way. They're gonna come in with the entries that he does. You know, of course I'm not, you know, doing things that I I probably didn't need to do, you know, but I'm, I'm definitely ready for everything, you know, uh, anywhere this match goes, I'm ready. You know, that's, that's the plan. You know, I'm, I'm facing one of the best guys in the world and I'm not going to downplay his success. You know, he is one of the best guys in the world, but he's facing one of the best guys in the world as well. Yeah. So, man. you know, it's not, you know, this, this is a double edged knife for both of us. You know, that's why I was like, this is a great match. You know, like there's no way, I'm going to fight him and he's not going to have my respect and I'm not going to fight him and he's not going to have my respect, you know? So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this a lot. I know your game and I know his game and I, and I feel like you really have a good matchup for him. And I feel like this is a really well-made matchup and it's also has the history of you guys fighting with one another in the past. So like it's, I'm excited to see this one go down. I think it's going to be a good, good fight for the both of you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm good for jujitsu, which is the big, the big winner in this situation. It is. It is. Jiu-Jitsu is what uh, that wins overall. Yeah, They're the biggest winner. 
100%, man. I um uh, just uh, one question I had uh before we might wrap up just cuz it is getting a little late and now we all got to get our sleep. Um Craig has uh had a lot of high profile matches with a lot of very different opponents in submission underground, you know, guys like uh Rumble Johnson, Kevin Casey, um and, and most recently just Vinny. Yeah. Yeah, no, just Vinny Vinny, Vinny, Vinny really just put himself in really weird predicament, you know. I don't know. I know he believes that leg locks don't work, but to be honest with you, he's, I think he was yeah. proven wrong that he they actually do wrong. work. Yeah. You know? He he that's that's Vinny's game too. He 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 in his mind he believes he can't be leg locked, so he doesn't care well, about got, allowing he's got guys. on his feet and in his knee. Yeah. But the way his leg got pulled, it was it was nasty. He got hurt. You know, everybody's oh, clear as day, you know. Horrible. But you know, that's that's Vinny and that's his game and that's what he does and you know, more power to him, you know. I'm not gonna that guy and I'm not gonna put myself in that situation. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean Vinny that that was Vinny leg locks don't work on Vinny in a in a more of a positional way. It's not like he's the Meow brothers where he's letting his foot get absolutely ripped up like a maniac and and the images are just horrifying i can't look at any image of the meows in a leg lock because i i might lose my lunch like it's just horrifying and it makes me want to quit jujitsu more than Mm -hmm. anything else i hate it but uh you 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 mentioned putting himself in weird positions and me and kevin actually talked about it beforehand that Vinny baits that inside heel hook uh that was a bad bad move horrible decision you can't like the inside heel hook is, you know, when, when I think about the hierarchy of particularly leg locking up the pyramid, like most things are fed into that inside heel hook because it does the most damage when you're, when you're going against the inside of the knee, it's just not as strong as the lateral, uh, the lateral, uh, uh, tendon you know when you're on the inside of the medial tendon you start talking about the acl like particularly when you start turning the leg up in the inside that you know the inside heel hook is pretty much the top of the pyramid the most destructive one that's why you see a lot of guys just say instant tap as soon as it touched so to see someone that nonchalant just to prove a point because it seemed like Vinny just wanted to prove a point to say look i can't be leg locked so he allowed craig jones to lock him up like it was just reckless, in my opinion. I hope. I hope. I love you, Wagner. I hope you don't take a page out of um, Michael I'm, I'm, not gonna be, I'm not going to be doing that to myself. That's for sure. One hundred percent. And if if I get stuck in that situation and he does grab my leg like that, he will see a tap. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I need my limbs. I don't. Yeah. I, I, my ego isn't that big. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like that's what yeah. like when when you blow that ACL out, man. That's not a. I'm good. Like I said, my yeah, ego is not yeah. that big. I like my knees better. Yeah, you're fucked for a while. You blow that ACL. You're you're in a lot of trouble for a long time. That's that's the game, though. You know, it's a cat and yeah. mouse game. You know, the 100%. cat's not supposed to catch the mouse, and man. the mouse is supposed to duck the cat. You know, so we'll see. Well, Kev, man, you got any more questions? You got anything else you want to get into, man? I'm I am very good. All I can say is I'm just excited to see this fight. You know, uh, the more jujitsu right now, the better things are starting to open up. You know, specifically uh, down by Florida, which you know I think a bunch of you guys are happy about. Um, thank you, Wagner, for coming on, man. This was amazing. Is there anything you would like to plug uh, last minute here at the close of the show? Um. I'm doing a uh, camp that uh, we were we were hosting at uh, in my school with a lot of really good guys. 
the Nogi All-Star Camp. We're doing it again in the summer. We're planning dates right now, trying to plan around this uh, this virus. There's, we were supposed to have close to 70 people coming down with, uh, you know, names like uh, Josh Hanger, uh, Boogie, you know, John Calistine, Cyborg, Gilbert Burns, myself, um, you know, my boy uh, that's uh, in Montreal, Corey, he's uh, a phenomenal uh, jiu-jitsu guy that's, uh, that's helped me plan this whole thing out. And we, uh, we had a lot of guys planning on coming. So I know for you guys that are probably listening to this, if you want to get, you know, a great experience coming down to South Florida, you know, checking out the summer here, how it's cool and, uh, and, you know, get to be in these environments with all these amazing athletes and learn some cool stuff. So it's probably going to happen again. We're just trying to, you know, get around these dates and, uh, and, uh, and plan. So yeah. keep your eyes out. Keep, keep, keep looking. You know, we got a page on Instagrams, the Nogi all-star camp. And uh, it was rescheduled. It was for spring, but uh, it's gonna come back. So just want to kind of post it because we were gonna we we're gonna have a, a big following on it. Flow grappling was supposed to be part of it, and uh, so hopefully this all gets right back to normal soon enough, and we can uh, continue on with uh, with uh, sharing the knowledge. Well, yeah, man. If, if you guys can make it out there, one hundred percent. I will say firsthand that like just being around Wagner is 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 an awesome opportunity, man. There's just he has so much knowledge, and there's there's such a true like care for 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 his students and for people that that want to learn from him that, that that shows through every time I'm I'm around you, man. I, I just I yeah. I appreciate you, brother. A lot of people get this this conception of me because they watch me compete and they think I'm this horrible mean guy. But uh, to be the complete opposite and in real person, I'm, you know, I'm a, a father of two, you know, I've a father of 300 in a gym, you know, it's, uh, I'm, you know, my priority is to share the thing I love, you know, jujitsu. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I do really try to do my best at it, you know, and like everything I do, you know, so yeah, people get this misconception of me a lot. I, I've been told, like a lot of people think that I'm this rough around the edges guy when in reality it's not the case you know no man you you have the in, in one of the things that i think of the most about you is your loyalty man i can remember back in the day when i was walking around like an asshole with my iphone and little earplugs trying to get interviews after fight the wins and you were always cool you always take the time to sit with me because we go back and you're and you're an awesome dude and you always say good things about me so i'm gonna extend the favor because you are an awesome dude and i appreciate you greatly for all you've done for me so there we go. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, if we're being honest, you could have like there. There's worse. There's worse guys to kick than AJ. If we're being totally <laughs> honest, this is the same guy that's been slapped and punched by many others. So <laughs> you're not the only guy that wanted to kick him off that stage, man. I I know AJ from a kid. We came up together, and I I give him the benefit of the doubt sometimes because I think you know I know I know AJ the person as opposed to AJ the persona, but. He gets a lot of the shit he deserves, and I think he gives a good fuck. I think he does it because he wants to do it because he wants. AJ, to do it. don't kick my ass, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, man, thanks a lot, brother. He, he, I appreciate you. He, he enjoys the publicity. He, he loves it. He loves it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, All right. Well, Wagner, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, everybody, you can feel free to catch him facing off against Craig Jones at Submission Underground 14 this Sunday. But in the meantime, stay safe. We're, we're sort of coming out of this, it seems like, or like jujitsu-wise anyway, but stay safe, wash your hands, protect your neck, and be nice to each other. This has been the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I've been your host, Ken Bradley, joined by 
my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, and guest, Vadner Rocha. Good night, everybody. God bless, everyone. Thanks, God brother. bless. Yeah, man.